Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the popular Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm Youngmi Mayer. I'm the host. Each week I uh, talk about a sad story and then I try to laugh about it and cry and laugh at the same time. Hair grows out of my butthole. You know the deal. Uh, So this week I am going to talk about something that is kind of popular, I think, on psychology TikTok. It's people-pleasing trauma response. But, you know, I have to always give this disclaimer. I am not a mental health care professional. And all of these topics that I discuss along these lines, I always approach through personal experience. So is this going to be technically an accurate discussion of this mental health uh uh, issue? Absolutely not. I, I literally just watched 10 TikTok videos and Googled the definition. Just <laughs> I, I know very little about it technically, but as somebody that's had had people pleaser trauma response, I can tell you exactly what it feels like. And so I just, you know, want to say this is just coming at it from personal experience. Am I going to be wrong about a lot of stuff? I'm always wrong about most things. So yes, and oh, also, I'm going to talk about a situation I had with somebody that was a very intense people pleaser. And it, it the friendship kind of imploded. And I was kind of like the entire time I was like, what is going on with this? I don't understand this person at all. And then it clicked. And so I wanted to discuss like the ways in which that harmed me. Not, you know, first of all, as somebody that went through life with a lot of this trauma response. I'm going to talk about how that affected me and harmed me, but also how it felt now being on the receiving end of somebody like that, which was very uh, hard. And I don't think a lot of people, I mean, actually, like I said, everyone's talking about it on TikTok and you can just put in this in the search engine there, just write in, People pleasing is manipulation. And you will see 20 videos of people that are way smarter than me explaining it to you in literally 60 seconds. But or you can listen to this. (laughs) Um, But speaking of imploding, I actually wanted to touch on the the very popular news story going on right now, which is the billionaire submersible. I think that's what people are calling it. In case you haven't heard, because you you didn't want you don't watch network tv because nobody watches network tv <laughs> but um it's all over the network tv news stations right now there was a submersible a, like a tourist submersible full of very wealthy people that imploded while en route to view the titanic as a like a tourism thing you know i think i said this a few weeks ago and last week but um I'm switching the theme of this podcast where I'm going to cover topical stories in July and bring back guests because I know it's getting demented, me talking by myself. And this is going to be like a little sneak preview of what that's going to look like. Um, I know that sounds like horrible, 
why would you want me to talk about anything on the news? But um, this conversation that I'm about to have about the submersible is going to be what that is going to sound like. And it's it's not me talking about the news because we all have access to the Internet. But um, it's just going to be my like fucking derangeo thoughts on it. And I think I have I think I have this point about the story that I have not heard people really talking about. This is my opinion about the billionaire submersible. <sighs> Look, first of all, everyone's like making jokes about it online. And then there's all these people getting mad about people making jokes about it. You know, whatever. People were all very uh, complex, emotional creatures. We can handle being sad and laughing about something at the same time obviously this the entire point of this podcast is yes we can be sad and laugh at the same time but um this is what i find fascinating about the story a few people have pointed out that on the same day these two vessels embarked at the same day the 18th of june 2023 the same day a migrant ship took off from libya carrying Um, migrants from the Middle East, different countries in the Middle East, but mostly Pakistan. And on the 18th, it took off from Libya. And on the morning of the 19th at 2 a.m. off the coast of Greece, it capsized. And there are reports saying that there were hundreds of people on the ship. Most of the people below deck were Pakistani, but most of the people on on board were Pakistani. So most of the deaths were people from Pakistan and women and children who were, for some reason, populated the bottom of the boat. I don't know what it's called. Under deck. Um, so they that ship capsized and hundreds of those people died a day after the submersible imploded on the 18th, carrying five people, two of whom were billionaires, one of whom was the CEO of the tourist submersible company, one of whom was the son of one of the billionaires that was only 19 years old. So those two things happen sort of back to back. And a lot of people are rightfully pointing out that the news is heavily, heavily featuring the story about the wealthy five men in that submersible while basically ignoring the fact that I don't know what the death toll right now is, but there were 750 people on that ship off the coast of Greece. You know, all these people, migrants drowned and people are making the very good point that I think they spent $6.5 million trying to look for the submersible and absolutely no money on the migrant ship. Um, Also, Reports are coming out. This is a very new story, so I don't know all the details. Reports are coming out that a lot of the reason why the ship capsized and so many people drowned was that the Greek Coast Guard refused to help them. And so we have these two stories that happened at the same time. Five very wealthy people, 6.5 million being spent on them all over all over the news, all over, like, you know, obviously I'm talking about it, I'm tweeting about it. And on the very other end of the spectrum all these hundreds of people drowned because nobody wanted to spend a fucking cent on them, right? And a lot of people are pointing that out, but but I noticed one thing that I haven't seen anyone really talk about. <clears throat> and I think it's extremely... Not interesting is the wrong word, but... So most of the people that were on the ship that died were from Pakistan, 
and one of the billionaires who uh, and his 19-year-old son on the submersible was also from Pakistan. And I just don't know why no one has pointed out that those two groups of people, like the billionaire and his son and the migrants, were literally kind of on those vessels because of the same thing in a way. You know, there are two sides of extreme income inequality from the same economic system, right? Like the billionaire made his family made that money off of the exploitation of the people of Pakistan. Literally the same group of people who are on that boat. And they were on that boat to escape the system that was created by billionaires like that that guy that was on the submersible. Do you know what I mean? Isn't that so such a direct I don't even a coincidence? And I haven't seen anyone make that correlation. You know, I looked into the billionaire a little bit. His family made a bunch of money in agriculture, I believe, fertilizer. And everyone knows to make a billion dollars, you have to exploit a bunch of people to do that. And isn't it like interesting that those were the people that were being so catastrophically exploited that they couldn't make a living where they could feed their families that forced them to get on this migrant trip migrant ship and they drowned because of because of that system that made that billionaire possible um and i have this like very deep belief in this sort of universe always wants balance kind of thing you know i think since i was a kid my mom has been like a born again Christian and she's always said Christiany things to me, but she was raised, you know, with like Eastern philosophy. She was raised Buddhist and she has like these very deep core ideas. And this is one of them. You know, the universe always wants balance. There's like no morality to it. And anything that's out of balance harms us all. Like all of us are harmed by income inequality extreme income inequality. And I'm not saying the billionaire had a way worse than the migrants. You know, obviously, we we know that even after death, they're being disrespected. Like, he's getting news coverage and they're not. Like, that's so fucking horrible. I'm not saying that he is suffering more than, or he suffered more than those hundreds of people that died. But I'm saying, like, in balance, harms us all you know and even i think looking at wealthy people even billionaires who don't implode in a submersible i think it's pretty obvious say asmr ice crunching i think it's pretty obvious that their lives kind of fucking suck you know and i always talk to people who are like, oh, why doesn't Jeff Bezos, you know, donate all his money? And they're like, well, he's crazy. He's a sociopath. He doesn't care, which might be true. But somewhere deep down in there, in his conscious, 
he knows that for him to be that rich, he had to fuck over a shit ton of people. Like, not directly, but a, a bunch of people died, probably even directly, from the fact that he made a billion dollars. And he, somewhere in his fucking mind, he knows that, you know? Somewhere in Elon Musk's mind, he knows that he got money from his daddy, and his dad owned a emerald mine with enslaved people. Like, he, he fucking knows that, no matter how much he pretends that he, he doesn't. They, somewhere in their body, that information lives. And, and I know it's harmful and destructive to them. And the universe fucks with them to, to put, re-inject balance into everything else. Cause you know, Jeff Bezos' fucking new wife, her ex-husband is an NFL star. And that man is always with them because they co-parent. The universe is like, hey, Jeff Bezos, here's your wife's ex-husband. He's got a 15-pack abs, and we know his dick is huge, and he's going to be on your yacht with you for the rest of your life. Bitch, that's the universe, you know? The, <laughs> he's, he's the wealthiest man in the world, but at what cost? Got the most handsome uh, ex-husband of anybody I've ever seen in my entire life with abs up to his fucking collarbones. That man's going to be on Jeff Bezos's yacht for the rest of his natural life. The universe seeks balance always. You know, is this is this a is this a, a funny story? The billionaire part's a little funny, not the 19-year-old, my god, that's sad. Some of it's funny, some of it's extremely sad. It's both at the same time, you know? Anyway, so that's like that's my take on that whole story. That's what that's what the podcast is gonna look like moving forward. You like my hot takes, huh? Sorry, that was weird. Um, but I'm gonna have another guest on usually, so it's not gonna get so creepy by myself. Um, okay, so moving on to the topic of this week's episode. So essentially, people-pleasing trauma response is like one of the ways that people respond to intense trauma. Apparently, it can be caused by any kind of like trauma, but the usual way is that a child develops people-pleasing response to having an abusive parent, uh, you know, physically, emotionally, a volatile parent, an unpredictable parent, in a lot of cases, a narcissist parent, and... That makes sense, right? Because as children, when we're put into situations where we feel like we don't have control, we develop methods to try to regain control. And, you know, I talked about this in the episode a few weeks ago about my eating disorders. My parents hated that I was fat. So I tried to lose weight because I thought that's what, that's what would control their behavior and they would stop being abusive, which did not work. But People-pleasing develops, and it, and it does make sense, you know, when I read about it as a result of a child having a narcissist parent, that makes sense because a narcissist is very self-involved and their entire, you know, life is about them getting what they want. And obviously in the dynamic of child and parent, there's a severe power imbalance and the child can't be like, I don't like you because you're a narcissist. <laughs> The child just thinks that's normal and they develop behavior to align and appease with, you know, to appease the narcissist. 
And I was reading a little bit about that. And it says that it sort of mirrors narcissism in a weird way, which is kind of the interesting part of this whole discussion that I semi-recently figured out. And I guess I'll talk about my experience with people-pleasing because I, I understood or I came to the realization that a lot of it was very selfish behavior and a lot of it was extremely manipulative behavior through therapy. Because before that, I thought my behavior made me a good person because I was always like, what, what do you want? What do you want? What can I do for you? What do you want? I don't, I don't care about what I want. What do you want? Right. Um, I'm going to just give an example. This isn't necessarily, uh, I mean, I'm sure it happened in some way, but I'm just going to give you an example of people pleasing behavior just in case you don't really know what I'm talking about. So this is a symptom of people pleasing behaviors that person will never have a opinion or try or make a decision. So if somebody says to a people pleaser, hey, what do you want for dinner? They'll be like, I don't know. What do you want? What do you want to eat? Let's eat what you want to eat, which is something I used to do a lot. Um, and then the other person will be like, I don't know, tacos. And then the people pleaser will be like, yeah, tacos. Great. Let's do tacos. And it seems like on the surface that that person, the people pleaser, is being nice because they're like, well, what do you want? Let's do what you want. I'm being generous and and who cares what I want? But in reality, they're manipulating it, the situation, right? Because they're the truth is maybe that person, let's say it's me. And the, let's, I'm just going to call let's say it's me just so this is the story is like easier. Okay, let's say I said, I don't know, what do you want, tacos? Let's go eat tacos. But let's say I really wanted to eat spaghetti. I had a fucking craving for spaghetti. A lot of times the people pleaser is not in control of even saying, I want spaghetti. They literally lack the ability to say what they want. But more interestingly, at that moment, me being a people pleaser, I didn't even know that I wanted spaghetti. I didn't even know that I didn't want tacos because I was so used to living an entire life of tampering down all my emotions and my wants and my thoughts because my it was a survival mechanism for me as a kid to make sure that this narcissist adult that's unpredictable was always happy. So I had to be like, oh, I, whatever, I, I don't want I don't want anything. What do you want? Tacos. Sure. And after doing that for so many years as a kid, I kept doing it as an adult to the point where I didn't even know what I wanted. And this is one example. But for a people pleaser, that choice uh, confusion, I don't know what it's called, happens maybe hundreds of times a day, right? Like if you're living with a partner, you wake up, well, what do, what do you want coffee? What kind of coffee do you want? What what do you want? Let's let's do that. Do you want to make coffee at home or should we go to the cafe? Uh, what kind of coffee are you going to get? Oh, I'll get that too. You know, um, what, what do you want to eat? You know, moving on, like, what should I wear? Is this okay? Like, does this, does this look okay? What, what are you going to, are you going to go, exer oh, you're going to go exercise? Well, maybe I should go exercise too. It's like every single day, it's this, uh, 
micro betrayal of your actual emotions um, in favor of somebody else's emotions. And then I think what ended up happening for me and I think what ends up happening for all people pleasers, one day you fucking snap. You're like, fuck, fuck the, what the fuck is this? I, I never get to do what I want. And in that moment, the people around you are like, what the fuck are you talking about? You never took initiative to tell us what you wanted. Like all of the years of me being like, I'm not going to eat spaghetti. I'm going to eat tacos. Why didn't I just fucking say I wanted spaghetti? Because I, I lacked the ability to even understand that that's what I was doing. I couldn't even tell you if I wanted spaghetti for lunch. And that goes for like hundreds of things in a day. Maybe I didn't want to make coffee at home. Maybe I wanted to go to a cafe, but you wanted to make coffee at home. I'm making coffee at home now. It tastes like shit and it took 15 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And like imagine day to day that shit happening without me even knowing it and how like internally my brain it felt like there was like a bully bullying me around when it was literally myself. And then somewhere deep inside, I just, you know, you snap and you're like, I'm fucking sick of it. And then unfortunately, you yell at this person, maybe that you're in a relationship with or your friends, you know, you, it could be your friends or your coworkers or something. And you're like, you never let me do anything that I want to do. And they're like, what are you talking about? You asked me what I wanted for dinner. And you never had a dis choice. You never made up your mind. So I would always have to decide. And um, another confusing thing is that what ends up happening to people pleasers, I think, is that the people around them are so used to them not have making a decision that they will just automatically, after a few years, start making decisions, right? Like if you're married to a people pleaser, you'll see the other person just being like, we're getting tacos for dinner. We're getting sushi for dinner. They're not even going to ask the people pleaser because they're like, you never fucking, you never have a fucking opinion. So why the fuck am I going to ask you? I've been asking you every day for a year and you never did. So now I'm just automatically going to do stuff. And then that to the people pleaser is like, I knew it. This person is controlling me. But the truth is the people pleaser was manipulating the other person, right? Um. And this is where it's going to get like a little ouchy if you if you think you react like this, if, you, if you're a people pleaser, because ultimately it's a manipulation tactic and it mirrors narcissism. You are you are manipulating the emotions of the other person by putting on this facade of being a nice person that cares more about them than you. But you don't. What you care about is that that person's going to like you and see you as a good person. And I think I came to that realization and worked for years on making sure that that behavior was going away in me. And recently when I had this friendship with somebody that has a very severe people-pleasing response, I could see it extremely clearly and it felt really fucking bad. It felt like shit being on the other end of that. And I think... I just want to share this because until I was really in the presence of somebody that did this, I didn't understand how shitty it was when I was doing this. So I had this friendship with somebody and then the entire time it was very short lived. Um, but 
drinking coffee and water at the same time. The entire time, I kept feeling this like very unsettling feeling of that this person was very dishonest and it was unsafe for me to be authentic. This like underlying uh, unstable feeling, right? And there was multiple times where we had like discussions where I was like, what do you what do you feel about this person? How do you feel about this person? And they would be like, uh, uh, uh. And I was like, why are you being dishonest? And, and it read to me as like they were lying to me or they're trying to hide something. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, they had no idea because they didn't know how they felt about this person or the situation or this thing. And they're, they don't they have no idea how they feel. Um, and there was this one thing that I saw that, you know, led to the end of our friendship. And it was this, the fact that I think, you know, I'm going to say this one more time because I know this is painful to hear if you're a people pleaser. The, the fact that we had to do something as children to protect ourselves from the adults that were out of control. But if you take that into adulthood, you are now the manipulative person hurting people around you, right? Because, try to say this, you are not engaging in people and relationships in the way that people, other people do. For example, my friendships and my relationships with people now as an adult is based on the fact that I like people. All my friends, I love them. I can see who they are. And I enjoy being around them. And for me to build these authentic friendships and relationships with people, I had to tap into my emotion. I had to know when I want to eat spaghetti. Because if I'm like, I want to eat spaghetti, and this other person's like, I also want to eat spaghetti. I'm like, I like you. You're my friend. We're connecting. And that's just, you know, obviously a metaphor. But what I mean is that from like moving away from people pleasing behavior, I realized later that I had to show up in front of people authentically and state my wants and my beliefs and my needs and my flaws. And I had to show them who I really was because then I'm respecting that other person um, to make up their own decision if they really like me or not. And I'm giving them autonomy to make that choice. But I think with this people pleaser person, what ended up happening was there was a lot of stuff that they were just sort of agreeing with or going with. So all this stuff came, it was like this constant uneasy feeling I was getting where I was like, oh, didn't you say that you also think this way? But I can see now that you don't. And I remember saying, like, it's dishonest. There's a dishonesty here. And I think my friend, like, couldn't understand what I meant. And I was like, just, it's okay if you just say it, because then if you say that to me, then I can make up my own choice. 
and my own decision and be like, I'm okay with that or I'm absolutely not okay with that. But then if you don't tell me, then it's it's very scary. It's it's terrifying because how am I supposed to put my trust into somebody if they won't tell me who they are? It's like a not to sound dramatic, but do you remember like in the 80s, I think, or 90s, there was like the sci-fi TV show where it was like Ray Bradbury or something. And there were all these like astronauts that went to Mars and then they got off the spaceship and it looked exactly like their hometown. And the one guy was like, oh my God, my wife and kids are here. Okay. And then he went to bed with his wife and in the middle of the night, he woke up and she was like, <laughs> like <laughs> doing something freaky and weird. And he was like, are, are you my wife? And he was like, I, I think that may, maybe you're a Martian. And the Martian pretending to be the wife was like, I am your wife or whatever. And um, and then it's that feeling. It's like, who, wait, 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 who are you? I thought you said you were my wife. And the funny thing about, I think, people pleasers is they don't even know if they're your wife or a Martian. Like, they're just like, you said you wanted me to be your wife. It's like, why are you... Why are you eating a goat <laughs> through your t tentacles? That that's not something my wife would do. It's like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, and it's just like, it, it's okay if you're a Martian. Just tell me you're a Martian. Don't like lay down in bed with me, acting like my wife. Like, the, just tell me, so I so I can make my decision if I want to stay married to you or not. Am I okay with being married to a Martian or my wife? I don't know. You got to tell me. And um, again, the funny part about all this is that the people pleaser themselves are like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. if." <laughs> also, this I'm, I'm saying this and this is like very unnuanced. Obviously, you know, like mental health issues, trauma responses are very nuanced. I think there is a lot of parts of this person that actually knew to a certain degree who they were and where they stood on things but there was a lot of stuff that was just like i i'm i also believe in <laughs> i also don't like that yes exactly and i'd be like what you it would be like the the spaghetti fucking metaphor which i can't get away from it's like i love spaghetti and then we'll be sitting down and they're not eating the spaghetti and i'm like do you not? Do you just tell me? Are you a Martian that doesn't like spaghetti? Because I I just need to know. Okay, I, then I can make up my own choice if I'm gonna stay or I'm gonna go. Right or like right? It's just like please just tell me. And you know, there were too many moments where I was just like, this is uh this is this feels scary. This really feels uh uh I am. This feels uh. Like, I might be in danger. I don't want to wake up with a Martian eating my brains, you know? And because of the severe people-pleasing tendencies, I realized something really sad was that this other person struggled with making those authentic connections with people because they couldn't tap into their feelings and then all their relationships were transactional. And there was, I know this sounds so intense, but it's like, this is what that means. If you're a people pleaser, the only thing you're trying to do 
you're not trying to have an authentic connection with people, you're trying to get something out of that person. It's a manipulative connection. And in this friend that I had, I realized that it was a transactional experience whenever they made a friend. It was about status exchange, you know, clout, they call the kids call it. What can you do for me? How can I use this to gain, um, you know, an upper hand? I'm trying really hard not to use like no nuance language, but I keep catching myself being like, this is the only way, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously, I'm talking about, you know, human beings are just complex. We have multiple facets to our personalities. And this is just one facet of this person's personality. And and the truth is, it's not even like whatever good or bad or whatever. It's just doesn't, it's not compatible with me because I come from a history of that. And I come from people who behaved in that way in my life, in my past, who have really harmed me. So I'm very sensitive to it. But, you know, like this sort of trauma response, a lot of people might be like, I'm totally okay with somebody that like is uh, generous and doesn't really express their needs because they're looking out for other people. That that might be how it reads to a lot of people. And it's just a personal, like, it's like my personal, um, what's that called? Like when you, when you have a, preference or something for a personality which comes like which like goes in line with what I was saying before I want to show everybody that I meet who I am exactly and so they can decide um whether or not we're gonna fucking get along and that's not that's not everybody a lot of people hold things for themselves they don't show everybody everything they don't see the value in that they don't feel comfortable being exposed like that and I, I just I just want to say this because I feel like I'm really making it sound like this horrible behavior trait when for I think a lot of people and I think a lot of like Asian cultures it's a, like a revered trait right <laughs> like to like to not to always put other people ahead of you and for me personally, I find it to be inauthentic, but I can see how it wouldn't even register as negative to a lot of people. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm careful to say that because I know that me saying this is probably really hard to hear if you do have like this kind of trauma response, like people pleasing People pleasers don't want to hear that because they're like, what do you mean I'm a nice person? Everything I do is for you. Every time we go out to eat, it's what you want to eat. <sighs> That's fucking transactional. You're, you're trying to make me like you. The reason why I wanted to share the story of being on both sides of people pleasing is because fuck holy shit i did not realize that's what i was doing to other people and how shitty that feels now i'll say i want spaghetti and if the other person's like well i want tacos i'll be like you know i i, I really don't want tacos but i care about you you're my friend so let's let's go get the tacos but just so you know my opinion and my feelings are that i want spaghetti and then maybe the other person will be like okay you won't shut up about the spaghetti so let's just go get spaghetti but honestly, I love you and I'm your friend. And I don't actually, I don't care. I don't care about the tacos. Let's go get spaghetti. We love each other. La, la, la. We're friends. 
that like that's a normal human uh relationship right with full of conflict conflict resolution bonding through conflict resolution here we are we're, we're adults but if you're a people pleaser you're not gonna ever get there you're gonna be eating fucking tacos and you won't even know why you're pissed off um so that was my experience on the other side of seeing a people pleaser okay so lastly i just want to touch on one last thing that i discovered about the feeling the sort of insecure feeling i get when i'm around people who are people pleasers i keep saying that and it's pissing me off i'm gonna apparently it's also called fawning response i'm gonna start calling it that so people who have like this fawning response right is the like i said it feels very inauthentic and it feels like a dishonesty but really i think this is related to the fact that so many people have this you know if they've been the child of an abusive all-powerful parent and it makes a lot of sense you know the behavior comes from trying to control um this the most powerful person in the room right and so their emotions and their needs and wants become the priority over the the fawning responses the people pleaser person's own emotions but more importantly the most powerful person needs and wants overpower everybody else. So what I experienced, you know, with this person, you know, on the other side of a people pleaser is that because our relationship was transactional and it really depended on my commodity as an object, right? Like, their proximity to whatever they perceived as my value. If there was somebody else that entered the room that they perceived to have more power or value, they would become the people pleaser to that more powerful person that they perceived as a more important commodity than I was. And that is what like shook me into realizing how damaging this behavior can be to people. Because I know I, I, I'm like, I'm hearing myself say this shit and I'm like, somebody read one book, everyone. <laughs> no, let's be real honest. Somebody watched five TikToks, everyone. Um, what I mean by that is like, the people pleaser is looking to like please the powerful person and control their behavior by manipulating them into liking them, right? But if there is a more powerful person, they're going to dump that person and go kiss that other person's ass. And for me, where I was like I I was like trying to be like to my friend like I'm not doing that with you. I'm not using you as a jump off. I don't care how many fucking Instagram followers you have or whatever. I'm your friend. I actually like you. And then be placed in multiple situations where literally as soon as somebody else would walk in, they would be like, oh my God, I'm I'm now there. Uh, I'm fawning over this person now. And I'm like, what are, what are you doing? You don't know who that is. Like, what are you doing? It's like uh, if you're in a room with a people pleaser and that's your like best friend, let's say, and Shakira walks in the door, bitch, your best friend is now Shakira's best friend your best friend doesn't give a fuck about you. 
And if Shakira told your best friend to slap you in the face and your best friend's a people pleaser, they're going to slap you in the face. 1000%. Without a doubt, I know that this person that used to be my friend, if Shakira told him to slap me in the face, I would get slapped in the mouth. And that's when I realized, oh, okay, this is not, this is not safe, right? This is not safe for me. And going back to like how I started making friends now as an adult, moving away from this behavior that I also used to have, by the way, uh, need I remind you, is that I have real friends. And if, if I'm in a room with real friends and Shakira walks in the door, none of us are going to be like, Shakira, do you want me to kill my friend for you? I love you. None of us are going to even, if, if, if Shakira asked my real friend to slap me in the face, my real friend would say, how did you get to my apartment, Shakira, first? <laughs> Who let you into the building? And also, why would I slap my friend in the face? I don't care about you. I don't care that you're a multiple Grammy Award winning <laughs> belly dancing pop star from the early 2000s. I, I don't care. I don't care what you can do for my career or whatever. This is my friend. I'm going to stand by my friend. And I, all of my friends in my life, I know deep down in my fucking soul that they would say that to Grammy Award, multiple Grammy Award winning singer Shakira. I know they would say that to her face if they, if, if she told them to slap me. But this other friend that I met, the second I fucking saw that, I was like, goodbye. <laughs> Peace out. Have fun. Um, have fun with all that. That that looks like it sucks. And I just want to mention, like, this is when you really see the uh, the cracks in the facade of "I'm a good person." I'm I I always do everything for you behavior, right? The cracks. And I just want to point out that the people pleaser kissing Shakira's ass, they don't give a shit about Shakira, right? They care that she is multiple Grammy award winning pop sensation Shakira. And what can she do for me? I'm going to be nice to her and kiss her ass. And then maybe she'll post me in her Instagram and maybe that will help me. That is what they care about. And that is an inauthentic, uh, like a uh, transactional relationship that they're forming with someone in power. And that is an objectification of of the beautiful and wonderful, talented Shakira. And if you ask the people pleaser, oh, are you friends with Shakira? Do you like her? They would be like, uh, it has not even occurred to you that Shakira is a human being, has it? Has it occurred to you that I'm a human being and I'm your friend? I don't know. And I don't think you know either. Yikes. Before I leave, I'm going to point out again, in case it got a little too negative sounding, people pleasing is a trauma response. It's what, you know, you and I had to do if you, if you had to do it to survive an abusive childhood. You don't have to be hard on yourself. Um, but, you know, as adults, we have to make steps in stopping the perpetuation of our trauma before it inflicts harm onto others, right? 
And it's it's so hard to do with things like this because their responses from us being very, very harmed. And it's hard to see, you know, like when I had this realization in myself that I was like the bad guy kind of in this situation and the bad quote unquote bad behavior I was expressing uh, came from a lot of pain and hurt that I was feeling. So it was really hard to be like, well, I'm really, I'm in a lot of pain and now I'm the fucking bad guy. But I, you know, I had to sit with that and I, I see that I've made a lot of progress and I'm very, very happy to be out of that sort of way of interacting with people because I have way better authentic connections now and it's just a completely different completely different world and a completely different way that I relate to people and it's at this deep level that I could have I could have never reached you know because ultimately I'll end with this ultimately people pleasing is a, a way to keep you safe but the way that it keeps you safe is it keeps you locked up in a room by yourself. And you're gonna have to fucking come out if you want if you want the rewards of love, you must <laughs> you must endure the humiliating uh, ordeal of being known. <laughs> You have to come out. You have to tell people that you want to eat spaghetti. And whatever happens after that, trust me, it's not going to be as bad as uh, living in a room by yourself, locked up and pretending to like people because they have more Instagram followers than you, you know? Okay, that was it for me. <sighs> like I said, in July, I'm going to I'm going to switch the podcast to talk about topical things. You can suggest a topic to... For that I can talk about, obviously, it's going to be in two weeks. So who knows what the uh, the talk du jour will be then. But if you have something in the news that you find interesting or want me to talk to, if you have a suggestion for a guest, please either leave a comment on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Harry Butthole or uh, because Patreon is a subscription service, you can just leave a comment on the Instagram at Harry Butthole Podcast. You can also find me at YM Mayor on Instagram or Young Me Mayor on TikTok. Thank you for listening. Bye.